Hello. Um, it's just a quick message to say that the audio on this isn't the best because uh, I was a bit drunk and I didn't really listen to the levels beforehand. And I was mega hay fevery, so I sound like a fucking naval Norman. No, nas nasally little nerd. <laughs> I'm a bit drunk now. Um, also, yeah, I have hay fever. Fucking sue me. Sorry. I live in Wales, right? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't do these on my own, so I'm a, I'm a bit flustered. Yeah, how are you? <laughs> I love you. Goodbye. Roy Sharp and welcome to Tales for Wales, an inaccurate drunk Welsh history lesson. Throughout this series, we're going to be talking famous Welsh battles, events, people, anything else really. We, we just bloody love talking about it. Join us as we have a couple of cans, shine light on otherwise dim-litted history. I'm Jack, and as always, I'm joined by Franco, my close friend and confidant for over 20 years. Today, we're going to be talking about um, sort of Welsh myth, Welsh myth, the Mabinogion, all that sort of stuff, all the fantastical elements of Wales. You sound so, so tired. Into... I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am a bit tired. You know this. Yeah, right, this is going to lead into this. I know. I can't actually open yeah. my mouth properly. I'm going to explain this now. I'll ask you what you've been up to. You'll ask me, and all I'm clear. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been up to? Fair. Well, I've been in hospital because um, I've been a sick boy. So I've been uh, been pretty ill for a little bit. And uh, now I'm out of it. I've had face surgery. So I sound a bit fucking fat tongue. I've got a bit of the old fat tongue going on. <laughs> the um, old fat tongue. Yeah. Is that what the, uh, is that what the doctor said? Sorry, buddy. Yeah. You said tell it to me sorry, straight, Doc. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. Dog. You got what the old got? fat tongue. Oh, you got it rough. You got a serious case <laughs> of the fat tongue. My girlfriend's from <laughs> Manchester and she always calls it tongue. She was all like, a tongue on my bum. <laughs> my bum or tongue. <laughs> um, but, Insight into your life there, isn't it? Yeah. But, so I had, I had like fractures in my bone. In my bone, not my bum, and uh, I had fractures in my my, my, my cheekbone and my che my nose bones, and in my jaw. And um, they've injected like liquid metal to fill in the gap, but it's means I've got a bit of scarring. And we, we've already like um, joked about gob. how you're basically wolfing now. Yeah. Your, your bones are laced with adamantium. <laughs> yeah, I've all. That's the only attribute I have similar to old huge Jack Martin. The one. <laughs> yeah. But I've, yeah, so I got fat gob. You've also got fat gob, so you sound like a right nerd in a way. Well. Yeah, in a way, you and close listeners might notice. I have a little bit of a, I don't know, a kind of lisp or a sort of a slant to my speech that I don't usually have. That's because I've essentially reverted to a fourteen-year-old, and I've uh, had what is essentially braces applied today. No, you've invested but, in a Hollywood smile. You've, uh, you've, well, yes, exactly. You it's know a long this term investment. Make you big. Well, yeah, but I mean, I've only got a, um, I've got a face for radio at the moment, but soon <laughs> I'll have a face for telly with my lovely pearly whites. But basically, yeah, I'm trying to straighten my teeth out a bit. because they're a bit wonky. And uh, today it was actually horrible. They um, had to grind down bits of my teeth Ooh. with like this, uh, like a diamond sandpaper. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's as pleasant as it sounds, really. And they fix these like little anchors to your teeth, and they're just so I don't know, like resin or something. It? Yeah, yeah, I literally had it done right this morning. Oh yes, and, history. Uh, I literally, I don't. I don't. Yeah. All right, all right. That's <laughs> actually offensive. I, I've got, I got the same man. I feel so. I've had it for about a week, and I feel so sad. You know, our voices are our instrument on this podcast. <laughs> there are weapons to wield, and they've yeah. been dulled. <laughs> Yeah, so well, I've already it. had it from Amy. Amy's um, had something similar done. She had it done like two days ago, and I was so conscientious of being like, "No, no, you don't have a lisp. You don't sound any yeah. different. You sound great. Don't worry about it." As soon as she got in the car, when I picked her from work after having it done, I was like, "Oh, I was work then." And she went, "Oh, how was work done then?" Turn cut, absolute turn cut. She said she's climbed up the ladder and pulled it up behind her. Can't believe yeah. it. How does how does she sound? What's that? What's that? How does she sound? So, <laughs> she sounds okay. Yeah, she. It's it's something you get. You apparently your, your mouth just gets used I was to. I like your, your gob will get used to it. I, I'm meant to be getting a bit yeah. more used to it. And also, I would be really upset if someone made fun of me right now. But I'm such a bully that I instantly yeah, jump I'm, on you. Yeah, I'm I'm at my lowest. So so <laughs> leave me be. Don't uh, don't kick a little Jackie when mm. he's down. But yeah, then, your yeah, gob will grow into it, won't it? Um, but anyway, so well, like because they have to put like, these anchors on your teeth, yeah. so that the little retainer things can push off and put pull your teeth in where whichever way you need to go. But they're so uncomfortable. 
and like I can't actually close my mouth properly. So it's like my my usual way of talking. It's just <laughs> it's just very much affected. So yeah, yeah. apologies to listeners, but if you if you don't like it as ever, fuck off. Yeah, and you're you're having a go at someone with a disability right now, so you know that's actually really disgraceful. That. Yeah, yeah. Although you can make fun of me for the fact that I now have to drink my can out of a straw. So you <laughs> yeah, this? fear not, we'll still that's drink. my straw rattling round. Yeah, <laughs> when um when I had the first day after my surgery, so it was quite a horrible surgery. Um, I was on really strong painkillers and um gave me like Cody, like really strong codeine. and the strictest. I, I came up with like. Gourd, what the gourds like those things that stop the bleeding and the oh the gourds yeah 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 gourds and the the old doc was like okay so now take it easy for a few days and I said oh am I allowed to drink on these like I was on like some antibiotics afterwards he said oh well you we can but you won't really be up for drinking afterwards today and I was like oh <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> yeah. don't you fucking tell me what I'm up for <laughs> yeah. and what I'm not you go to school to learn how to fix a gob <laughs> I go to school to learn how to destroy a gob. So I was uh, <laughs> so that night, me, you, and the boys had a game on Xbox, and, uh, and yeah, you're not really meant to drink after it because it can thin your blood or whatever. But it, after a few pints, it helps ease you back in. Well, so I alcohol's a painkiller, isn't it? Like I've yeah. got achy little teeth, achy breaky teeth yeah. at the moment. But you know, I'm on my third can, and you know what? It feels fucking better than it did three cans before. So yeah. there we are. <laughs> Shove that in your fucking doctor and smoke yeah. it. <laughs> Shove that up your doctor, you fucking loser. <laughs> Like the dogs yeah. just fucking cause carnage here. Yeah. She's obsessed with ripping anything up. Like she doesn't do like important things like towels or pillows. But if there's a fucking snotty tissue hanging around, she's all over that. I mean, that's oh, Alfie'll just um just bloody eat those things. <laughs> oh, gubbins, right? Sorry. So do you want to get Let into get what in this episode's going to be? Yeah. All right. Then. Let me just get grab a can quickly. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll keep the uh, the audience entertained. Go for it. Hi, guys. How are you? Oh, sad you fucking kid. kidding me. <laughs> Not Sorry. sad as Jack sounds. Not you. Hang on. i got to go clean this mess up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to apologise for how much of a lazy little nerd I sound. Got got hay fever and I. You know what it's like? I'm being pasty ginger and fucking nerd. I run a Welsh history podcast. Of course i got hay fever. Anyway, how are you? Get involved with us by messaging Tales for Wales on Twitter and tell us what you'd like to see. Uh, and I'll just wait now until Jack's back. So, into elevator music. Yeah, so <laughs> we're back now. Tell us what happened. Oh, so I was just merrily going along, having another can, as we often do on, on the pod. And yeah, just fucking exploded everywhere. Guilty? I think it's I I think it just uh I think my fridge has turned up too high, you know, just like my fucking sense of party lifestyle. And it just uh <laughs> went fucking everywhere. <laughs> I I, uh, I I always like to tell lies. I'm a big liar. And uh, one of my lies, I, I class them as pranks. And uh, I used to tell people that Jack wasn't allowed to use his fridge. His girlfriend wouldn't let him keep his uh, treats in the fridge. She, for some reason, she was really anti-Jack's sweet agenda. So I said that he used to keep all of his like ham and chocolate and all that in a plastic bag outside his window. <laughs> all my and perishables were just hanging out the window, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And loads of our friends believed me for ages. I was like, "Yeah, it's mad." <laughs> Apparently, uh, Jack used to take up to his room and it like free. It would like a uh, defrost it or like all frost. I think it. you said you said I dropped my chocolate milk in the fridge or something <laughs> like that. And then um, <laughs> you know when this was said, or I thought, come on. None of the boys are going to believe this now, sure. You know, this is like, and they were just and like, that's to, mad. That's crazy. Well, man. I told it behind <laughs> your back, didn't I? So you didn't that's know it what originally set it up. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I get my friend Craig, like, oh, that's fucking mad. So what does he do with like his cheese and stuff? I was like, yeah, that's in the bag as well. It's in the bag as well. well. It's all in the bag, man. <laughs> it's all in the bag. <laughs> that was a, yeah. So, um, so it's quite good that you've, uh, you've been pranked by a fridge. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm, I was allowed back in. <laughs> yeah, you're back. one day back in. Good behaviour. <laughs> yeah, I spilt my cider everywhere. Ah, what am I like? <laughs> so you're on the rum now, though, are you? Yeah, I switched over to the rum, so I've, I've gone on the rum I do like nearly. telling the audience what we're drinking. I think it's quite an important aspect of it. Yeah, of it frames our discussions a lot, I think, because I was editing yeah. one of our ones earlier, and I sound quite drunk in it. But we do yeah. establish early doors that this is a doubler, and we've also yeah. been drinking quite a bit. So it's all right. If it frames the, the conversation, I like it. Yeah, I like it as well. I can also hear my dog fucking. She gets, you know, like zoomies. I hate that fucking word. It's so internet talk. But she yeah. properly gets it where she'll just fucking launch back and forth. Like, mm. she'll probably do like 10, maybe six feet. She's only a small dog. She'll go back and forth, go back and forth with her eyes wide open, like gob wide open. Like, it's mad looking her eye. But she just fucking spoke yeah. the I know it well, my friend. I know it well. Half he does it and he <laughs> yeah. ends up knocking shit over because he's still such a big fucking clumsy oaf. Well, I, I can't you go. Oh my god, Jesus Christ. I can hear the, uh, <laughs> I can hear the little pitter patters. <laughs> she's fucking running. Hey, hey, stop. Calm down, baby. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here, little tit. She fucking came around the door because <laughs> I got like a wood uh, cardian flooring for the wood fans at home. She came in with a little talons and because ah! like it's a bit slippy, she doesn't get that far. So she took the corner and she did about six runs, but stayed in the same place. It's a Tokyo dress. And then she jumped on the sofa and went fucking mental. This uh, episode's yeah. been off to a great start. Yeah, I know it's been fucking very lingering. So long. delayed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's let's get into it. Let's get anyway, yeah. So should, I, give... should I give us a run up to what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. Go on. So usually we we talk about famous Welsh people, usually famous Welsh battles, um, and famous historical figures. But this time we thought we'd do something a little bit different, and we're going to run through as we are a land of myth and legend. The valleys, a place of myth and legend. Where the dragon sleeps and life is beautiful. So, yeah, as we are a country of myth and legend, uh, we thought we'd run through our top three individual myths and legends from this fine and pleasant land. Um, so we're going to run through. Uh, they, they, they vary. Mine are maybe not, is, uh, maybe not the best like top three, but funny top three. Or I thought it was yeah. interesting top three. I think you've done the same, haven't you? We've done a, we've done episodes um, before where we've sort of done a top Trump style thing, but I don't think yeah. this is that, is it? We're just going to list no. what we think are some cool ones that we've come across yeah. and give a bit of background on the story and have, have a little natter about them. Yeah, yeah, because it is, you know, one of the th- the main things of Wales um, is the it's a land of myth, and I, I don't I sometimes find that a bit too much tourist card. You know, it's a bit like fucking. It's, mm. uh, I find it a bit cringe sometimes. They try and make Wales this land of song and I think shut up. Uh, but they, it is really, it was been really fun to research and read a bit more about these. But some of them I had no, I've known about them, but didn't know why they existed. So even though mine, my, the ones I picked aren't the most, um, maybe the most exciting or the most kind of revered, but they're interesting ones. I think they'll find them funny. So oh, man, I, I just picked purely on like sort of, oh, I like that. I like that one. It's, there's no real sort of rhyme or reason to it, yeah. so don't worry. Well, do you want to start? Do you want to go first? If you like, I've got the uh, my first one. It's, it's a bit of a longy if you want to strap yourself in. Yeah, um, well, get your strap on. There you go, get your strap on. And, you know, shove it in your ass, isn't it? I'll just say quickly, the Harry Krishnas have rocked up outside. I, I live opposite the Harry Krishnas down the bay. And uh, I've just seen them turn on the lights, so get get ready for uh, them. I've, Adi, I've, Adi, seen, Krishna. I've seen plenty of Instagram posts about them, my friend, and I'm all for it. <laughs> I love them. If I was religious, I'd be a Harry Krishna. All they do is belt out bangers all day. It's going to be Hari 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 Krishna. Oh, that's the right. one belter. Find... But... <laughs> but, so Harry Krishna is aside. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we, we can talk. You can talk to the, the days long about that your love of Harry Krishna's. So I'll get my first one then. So my first one is um, a story called Branwen Verchlir. So it's uh, a tale from the Mabinogion. So those who don't know, the Mabinogion is kind of like um, 
Oh, <laughs> is that them, is it? Let's hear it for a minute. Oh, my, awesome. Jesus. That's going to be too much, isn't it? This is we we can't we can't get a solitary fucking second on this podcast, can we, without without something going wrong? There we go. I'll close, uh, doors closed. Right, you have oh, to no. sit in the heat, mate. No, no, it's them. They close their door. Yeah. One second, give me a second. Yeah, it is. Fucking hell! It's got to be said that they don't half go for it. Yeah, well, can they you don't you don't half half uh, half ass the uh, <laughs> Harry Krishna song. No. Okay, you can't hear that now, can you? No, it's all good, mate. No, all right, right, um, as you say, <laughs> I do say, I will say, keep that in because uh, yeah, it's funny. 100%. Just this constant addressing, right? <laughs> I'll start again now. The Harry Christians aren't back in my intro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my first choice is a story called Branwen Berchlir. It's one of the tales of the uh, Mabinogion, which is uh, for those who don't know, it's like the sort of earliest stories and prose from Wales. Um, that were recorded. Mythical prose, weren't they? Mythical prose, yeah. So the Mabinogion consists of uh, what's called four branches, three romances, and five native tales. These stories are all written down in, in a number of works, but mainly in the White Book of Riddach, or the Slavrgwyn of Riddach, uh, and the Red Book of Hergest, or the Slavrgwyn of Hergest in Welsh. Uh, both were written in the latter half of the 14th century, but historians reckon they were written versions of stories from much earlier, possibly sort of 11th century or something like that. But anyway, look into those if um, if you're into that sort of thing, because they are quite interesting. But I'll get on to this story, basically. So um, the story of Branwen, it's about the eponymous protagonist, Branwen, who is the daughter of Llyr. Llyr is considered a big deal in Welsh mythology. They expect he was kind of like a, a deity at some point in the history, but, you know, variations... Um, differ because, as we've said many a time on this podcast, the Welsh were shit at writing things down. So it's it's kind of ambiguous, but he was basically he was a big deal, kind of like a, a god entity, if you like. Anyway, so Thier, he had three kids, Branwen, uh, her brother Manawydan, and Bendigadran, aka Bran the Blessed, and he was High King of Britain. So before I go on, I just want to say that the vast majority of the Mabinogion concerns stories set only in Wales. But this one I quite like because it sort of widens its scope a bit to the whole British Isles. Um, that's just a little personal point. I, I digress. But um, So the story actually starts with the King of Ireland, uh, Matholoch, sailing to Harlech to speak with Bran the Blessed, or Bendigadran if you like, who in this story, as I mentioned, is the King of Britain, to ask for his sister Branwen's hand in marriage, which would forge an alliance between the two of them. Bran agrees to Matholoch's request, but the celebrations are cut short when Bran's dodgy half-brother, Evnition, mutilates the Irish king's horses. I think he was just pissed that he wasn't consulted on the idea or something like that. There's, there's varying degrees of um, story on why he was pissed at this, but yeah, it's basically that he wasn't consulted on like sort of affairs of the family. Matholoch was basically fuming at this, so Bran offers to give him this magic cauldron as a bit of a compensation for the damage. So this cauldron's magical ability is to restore the dead back to life. So this is quite a big deal. Pretty huge, in fact. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, quite... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fairly useful. So the Irish king's pretty happy with this, as you can imagine, as like a sort of reimbursement. So he says, yeah, cool, no problem. And he takes Branwen back to Ireland. So not long after arriving in Ireland, Branwen gives birth to a son called Gwern. But in this story, uh, the Irish are kind of people that don't forget and the insult that Branwen's half-brother had paid them was sort of living in their heads rent-free. You know, this, it's one of those things where the Irish were the enemy in this particular, I don't know, instance when they wrote the story. So, yeah, yeah. they just painted quite poorly. But, um, yeah, take it with a pinch of salt. It's it's all crazy fantasy at the end of the day. Don't worry, I don't think you're going to annoy your Irish contingent. <laughs> That's why I'm so... T- I was like, oh, please, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Tiptoeing around it. It's the not the Irish, 1970s. The like, Irish family, if you're, if you're listening, I don't I don't mean nothing by it, my lord, I don't. <laughs> you mean nothing by it? You're not going to get car bombed, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not anymore, anyway. The cow is this. No, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. We can cut that, it's fine. Um <laughs> Anyway, so because this um, 
offence is still mulling around in their heads. They started mistreating Bramwen. They apparently banished her to the kitchens and beat her daily, which is a bit harsh. Oh. You know, just it's a bit harsh because she had nothing to do with the, uh, the offence anyway. Yeah. But oh, God. Even after in mythology, a while, women get treated awfully. It's I know, grim. isn't it? It's just par for course. But um, after a while, Branwen um, was obviously sick to the back teeth of being battered all the time, as we yeah. all would be. So she yeah. decided she'd tame a starling and she sent it across the Irish Sea back to her brother Bram. So there's zero explanation on how she managed to tame this bird, by the way. But, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's mythology, isn't it? it just exactly. I can only assume because she's magic. like the daughter of a kind of godlike being, that's just yeah. she didn't do that shit on a whim, you know, no worries about it. You don't you don't yeah. look into the details in these things. They they often don't have no. much of a reason anyway. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh Bendigay Bram or, or Bran the Blessed. He gets the message, and he sails from Wales to Ireland along with his brother Manawadan, and warriors from 156 cantrevs in Britain. So cantrevs were like were a thing in Wales actually from medieval times. They were like areas of land, almost like counties, not quite as um, uh, what's the word enforced as that, but yeah, they're sort of like fief- fiefdoms, fiefdoms, however you say it. So yeah, a lot of them basically. Um, <laughs> It's also worth mentioning as well that Bran the Blessed, or Bendigay Bran, Bran the Blessed in these stories, is he ranges in size from version to version. So he either comes across as like a big fuck off bloke, like, you know, the size of the Hulk or something like that, or he's like an actual giant. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Like like Franco, the modern day Bran the Blessed. Yeah. Or he comes across as like an actual giant. So in some versions of this story, he doesn't sail across the Irish Sea. He wades through the sea and um, carries the ships of his men. So yeah, a bit of a difference. Why would you need to? I know, yeah, but maybe maybe he walks faster through the water than they can sail. I I don't know. I think I grew up with like a... Someone in my family had like a Mabinogion poster... Uh, depicting all the Mabinog girl stories that happened around Wales, and there's a there's a picture of him go walking through the sea with boats on his back. Yeah, I know exactly which one you mean, because I think I Do saw. You? Yeah, I think uh, I've seen the exact same. Maybe one. I saw it in school. Yeah, and going through from Wales to Ireland is him with a big mm-hmm. beard, yeah. and he's like carrying the ships along. Yeah, so yeah, that's, really good, that's one version. Yeah, I actually. Oh yeah, I, I might buy that. Side note: buy that yeah, thing. Side note. Anyway. So Bran and his men, uh, they have such a big army, the Irish offer to make peace, cowards, uh, to show yeah. their goodwill. They offer to make peace. So to show their goodwill, they say, look, we'll make a house big enough to entertain Bran and all his men when he arrives. So obviously, depending on which version you're reading, yeah. this is you know, a monster house. pretty good or very impressive. So in this house, the Irish place hundreds of bags hanging from the ceiling, and they tell the Welsh, that these are contain, they contain like wine, they food, bedding, whatever. But in actual fact... Each... When you said bags, my brain went straight to cocaine. <laughs> all oh, the bags. oh, Bran, don't you worry, mate. You won't be sleeping tonight. <laughs> yeah, okay. sorry, got all the bags you sorry, bro. Hundreds of bags of angel dust, mate. Just rub over your head, just stab <laughs> one. It comes floating down like snow, my friend. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> but um, in, actu- in actual fact, what was in these bags, in each one was a, was a warrior. Just one in each. Oh. Just chilling in there, <laughs> you know, ready to ready for an ambush. Mm. So then, Evnishen, the half brother I mentioned earlier, who killed the horses. Mm. Uh, I don't know why Bran brought him along on this sort of excursion. Yeah, what he did, but anyway, anyway, he he actually smells a bit of a rat. He doesn't think this mm. is all kosher, so he does a bit of recon on the building before the feast begins. Realizes in the bags is actually soldiers. And so he starts, this is a mad thing, he crushes the head of each individual warrior while they're in the bags, one by one. Yeah. I don't know why, you know, when he started doing that, the rest of them just hung there and were like, what's going on <laughs> yeah, there? Screaming and crunching sounds. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he did that. So, you know, I guess good guy for, you know, protecting him from yeah. a, an ambush. So later then, when everyone's present at the actual feast, obviously the ambush has been quashed now. Evnishin, feeling pretty pissed at the betrayal, (laughs) is mad. He grabs Branwen's newish-born baby I mentioned earlier, Gwen, and he just throws him into a fire. 
Oh, God. Absolutely. This is a prick. Cold motherfucker. Like, this guy just doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give yeah. a shit. Anyway, so then obviously a big fight breaks out between the Welsh and the Irish. The Irish keep using their little magic cauldron they got from Bran to revive yeah. their dead as they're dying. <laughs> so the Welsh are on the back foot. Um, and as I plan do, it's a great bit of alliteration. It put Bran and his bunch of boys on the back foot. I quite like that. Nice. Well done. (laughs) So Ednition then, in probably the only selfless move I think he makes in this entire story, decides to play dead amongst the Irish troops until he's carried towards the cauldron to be revived. When he gets there, he destroys the cauldron, but because of his magic or something like that, it doesn't really go into it. It just, it kills him in the process. So that's the end of the battle, essentially. And only seven Welshmen survived the conflict. Among them was... (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't go into more detail than that. I wish I could tell you why, but anyway. Among them was Manawadan, so Brian Wenon, Brand's brother. Tal Yesin, who is also a kind of mythological figure. He's also known as the Chief of Bards, which I thought was a cool title. Yeah. Uh, and then Praderi Vabpoist, who was the King of Dovid. Um So those are just three of the main ones out of the seven. Branwen dies shortly after the Battle of a Broken Heart. Because she probably, oh, probably she saw her, um, her baby, her baby just thrown into a fucking fire. Into a fire. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. mad. And then Bran the Blessed, who was mortally wounded in the battle, orders his remaining men to cut off his head and return it to Britain. Uh, so then, the seven warriors would head back to Harlech and remain there for seven years, where Bran's head, which stayed alive the entire time, kept them entertained. <laughs> Which I thought was quite good. He's a good, great yarn. He always told He's good going, yarns, didn't he? I'm mortally wounded, yeah. lads. Cut my head off and take me back. <laughs> no, oh, turns out maybe... I could have been all right for seven years. <laughs> he maybe he was the head from a heart attack. You know that big northern head. I think that's what Buchanan was basing him on. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. by him flicking it around oh, like a madman. Oh, this is an heart attack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so after, um, <laughs> on that note, yeah. after the seven years. The seven survivors took Bran's head to a place called Gwales or Gwales, which is not very yeah. um, inventive. <laughs> a thought to be um, grass home off the island of Derved. I don't really know what that is, but that's what mm. they said it was. And uh, they got to live there for 80 years without perceiving a passing of time until one day Bran's head stopped speaking. So as the king instructed them before, he went mute. They took his silent head to a place called Gwynverin or the White Hill. And it's mm. thought to be where the Tower of London is now. And so they buried Bran's head there facing France. So it might ward off invasion. <laughs> I don't oh, know why man. that would do it. But <laughs> what what I are. don't get is that the weird little extra details, like why 80 years? Why not just say, yeah. like, oh, yes, yeah, so they lived for a while. And then he buried his head facing to the France. To the French, <laughs> for eighty years, seven men for seven hours. Just, yeah, it's, uh... and it's like if there was like a reason for the eighty years, you'd be like, "Oh, cool." But this is yeah. like uh, eighty. Yeah, why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah. But this is this is the only little bit of an epilogue now. Then, so that's that's the end of the story. That it just sort of ends yeah. there, right? That's it. And then the epilogue sort of thing is, they say on their way to Gwynverin or the White Hill Tower of London. They cut back to sort of just after the battle. And basically what the the seven survivors did with Bran's head in tow, they, they rampaged through the entirety of Ireland, killed everyone and left only five pregnant women. So all five of these women <laughs> gave birth to five sons. The sons then repopulated the entire island, but the only women they could yeah. shag were the mothers. And so they say the island is repopulated God, because because of the incest of the island, and it's yeah. then divided into five provinces per son. But I, yeah. funny enough, Ireland today is actually divided into four provinces. Um, but the whole epilogue bit is apparently just like a long-winded slam on the Irish. <laughs> it's really like yeah. just going, "Yeah, you're fucking inbreds," and all. Yeah. <laughs> just so maybe the, the, the Irish were the enemy of uh, Wales, not the English overall. All of our good slams are born just argue with them. It sounds like this thing was just written down by some guy who maybe got like duped by an Irishman down the pub or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, and then the thing it's is, you're fucking inbred. Him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Mrs. Mrs. Left him. him for an Irishman. 
<laughs> yeah, you just could not hack it. And he's like, I am Bran, the blessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary, you're drunk, come home. No, 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 no. Bury my head at Whitehall. But we, we fucking destroyed him, and they fucking only five sons left, and go shagged him, mm. right? Oh, diddly dee, fuck off, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's the well, um, story of Bramwen Verklier. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I do remember that one as young. I don't remember the, the I remember her being stolen, the princess being stolen. I thought she came mm. back though. No, died of a broken heart. You know, oh. I remember the version where I thought she came back with Bran that was alive as well. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe they mm. give us the soft version when we were kids or something. Because well, there is there is Mab and Ogion for kids in there. There is like that book. Yeah. yeah. Because um, I imagine they left out the bit in the kids' version where the, the fucking baby was thrown into a fire. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe, who knows? Yeah, yeah I remember like, like, remember like Animals of Father and Wood? That was a really bleak show, so I think back then. Yeah. We just let you well, what was that, was that one with the rabbits? Watership Down. Watership Down, that was pretty rough as a kid. Yeah. I remember that, that giving me nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, well, my next one is mega short, but it's, uh, I Go think it'll be it. good in the compliment, a bit of a longer one. Mm-hmm. So this is one of my favourite things I've learned from doing this podcast. I hadn't heard about this legend until today, and um, it's called the Boobach. Have you heard of these before? The Boobach is it based on the Boobox yeah. from? Um, it's not the Hulk. <laughs> from the Hulk. No. <laughs> the Boobox. Boob. I did. Yes, you made a Boobox. I did. I did. The Boobox. No, the Boobox. So the Boobach, spelled B-W-B-A-C-H, translated in English as small boo, uh, but figuratively translated as a little scare, so a Boobach, like a little boo. Um, They were little hobgoblins that lived in people's houses. (laughs) They were like... (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> they were they were like cheeky cunts rather than like evil cunts. They were like, oh, I'm up to no good. It's probably another Irish like slam. Like um, Grammys, but they lived with yeah. Welsh. Yeah, they lived with Welsh families, and they would do like chores and good deeds in return for some milk or cream. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So you'd, you'd have them like helping around the house. Going, oh, I'm a booba. <laughs> Sounds like, uh, like just cool. that's when we were kids. I <laughs> just do anything yeah. for a bit of fucking <laughs> yeah, sustenance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, they were usually up to pranks, and as you know, Pranky Frankie loves a prank. I'm a big prank fan. <laughs> the main reason I love them is uh, they used to bully. They, so they were they were overall nice. They were just like naughty but nice. Mm. But they used to bully teetotalers or people who didn't drink, and oh, they used to bully clergymen. I love clergymen. that. I love <laughs> yeah. that. So if you were like pious and religious, the boobah would pass on you. <laughs> I saw him. So and if good. you didn't drink, you'd get the visit from the boobah. <laughs> that is amazing. You better you better down that bloody drink, son, you otherwise the boobahs will have you. Get you. <laughs> yeah. It's just like some mad man who wanted his family oh, to drink with him. Like, I'm oh, adopting the boobahs into our just like yeah, local yeah, vocabulary 100%. now. Anytime, yeah. you know, oh, come on, don't fall asleep now. The boobahs will have you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I can't drink tonight. Ooh, don't you Oops. sleep? Don't say a word. Yeah, to the someone will be visited by the boobachs. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you lock your doors tonight. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. That's, that's fantastic. All that there is. Oh, I wish yeah. I'd researched a bit deeper now because I, I just had surface level stuff on little stories. I, I wish I'd have discovered the boobachs. My God. Oh, I went through. I went through a whole bunch of different ones. I thought, you know what, I. I you were going to do some of the Mabinogion stuff, and I thought, oh, I'm going to go a bit. I just I went through because we got loads of mad little stories, and uh, yeah, the Boobach, I felt like it was just like it, it was, really uh, is like in destiny in, for me to find it. Opening up to just Welsh folklore and mythology in general, as opposed to just focusing on Mabinogion, it's there's yeah. so much weird shit around this mental yeah. stuff. But the yeah. Boobach well, we'll by far my favourite so far. So that's the Boobach. Um, do you want to hit us with your second? Uh, Go for it, mate. I've got. I don't think I've got any of short of that. I wish I had. But um, my next one is um, it's about a little creature, a creature feature <laughs> from Wales. So like, I picked this one because I, I love a good mythology beast. You know, like a a minotaur, yeah. or like a fucking Medusa or whatever. I thought it'd be good to bring a Welsh one to the table because I don't think there's many sort of Welsh beasties. Apart from the boobachs, of course, which are now in the annals of history. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from those, uh, there haven't really been uh, much mentioned. So I've decided to go for the story of the Avanc. Ooh. 
right? And <laughs> <laughs> so the Avanc, sometimes called the Avanc, which is a, a double D there instead of the F, uh, is a lake monster from old Welsh folklore. This monster has a varying descriptions, right? And I'll, uh, I'll list through them now. One of them is just a giant platypus, which, all right, doesn't sound very scary to me and you, but maybe medieval times, that probably would be quite well, a scary we didn't thing. didn't find the platypus until, like, Darwin, did we? Yeah, or something, something weird like that. I don't know. So it would look like a bit of a weird thing, wouldn't it? The most common one is a kind of crocodile with fur, right? That's the sort of thing. Crocodile with claws and fur, and it kind of looks weird. But one of the descriptions in the variations of the story is it's just a dwarf. <laughs> it's just a dwarf, and they just call him an avanc, call him like a little lake monster. I think that's a bit uh, a bit rough, <laughs> it's, and also not very imaginative. It's a bit shit. Uh, in all versions, he's um, it's noted that he is also a demon, despite whatever description, he's also a demon. But the word avanc is literally the modern Welsh word for beaver. And I thought that kind of works. If you think of like a, a beaver's kind of like, well, they're not really a hairy crocodile, but I can see where they're sort yeah, of the, the thinking yeah. is. Yeah, a big platypus, yeah. weird hairy crocodile. You can get it. You get it. Anyway, yeah. so this is the sort of thing that qualifies for a fucking monster in Wales, anyway. And um, the lake it dwells in also varies from story to story. But there's a place in Better Sequoid these days, literally called Thinner Avanc. So, like most lake monsters, the Avanc would prey on anyone foolish enough to fall or swim in its lake. But one of the best stories with the Avanc talks about how, after many deaths caused by the monster, Peredir, a.k.a. Sir Percival of Arthurian legend, is sent to vanquish the beast. So there's lots of talk about how the King Arthur stuff is like Welsh and you know it's been sort of not bastardised, that's maybe a harsher word than it needs to be, but... You know, it's been sort of incorporated into the Arthurian legend. But anyway, so this is Percival slash Peredi, but I'm going to call him Peredi for the sake of the Welsh podcast. And in this story, the Avanc resides in a cave near a place called, and this is a mouthful, Palace of the Sons of the King of the Torches. Yeah, it's a bit fucking long-winded. The place is given that really poorly thought-out name because the Avanc would slay the three sons of the king each day only for them to be resurrected by maidens of the court. And then this would happen over and over again, basically. Some sort of cyclical thing. So hearing about this weird cycle of death and rebirth, Peredia decides to ride with the three sons one day as they go to face the Avanc. So that's another thing. Every day they get resurrected and they go back to try and face it, just to be killed again over and over. The three sons tell him he shouldn't come, because if the beast kills him, he won't be resurrected like they will be. Peredo, determined to kill the creature, breaks off from the three sons and heads to the cave on his own. En route to the cave, he meets a fair maiden who tells him that the Avanc will slay Peredo through its cunning and that the beast can turn invisible and use poison darts to kill its victims. The maiden gives him what's called an adder stone, which is actually something that exists in real life, I found out. It's basically a stone that has a naturally formed hole in it or something. Old school people used to think it was... um caused by like snakes conjoining together or or a stone bit by an adder. It's lots of different reasons, uh, yeah. in, reasons for it in, in old times. But it's also called the Glenader in Welsh. So there's that. The adder stone, apparently, in this instance, would make the creature visible to Peredir. So eventually Peredir gets to the cave, uses the stone, surprises the Avanc before it could strike, stabs the old big fluffy croc, in his belly, and then just beheads it. Easy as that. There's literally like no struggle in this story, but there we are. And the three sons arrive shortly after and state that they knew Peredia would kill the beast the whole time because it had been predicted in some sort of prophecy. But again, don't go into any details. They just go, yeah, yeah, we knew you'd do that. And it's like, cool. And that's basically the end of it. It's such a like, I'm so used to stories. I know maybe it's because we're, living in modern times, stories having like kind of meaning and sort of, <laughs> I yeah. don't know, something to, to sort of grasp onto. But I feel that one, although I like the fact that it's like the only Welsh big lake monster, it's also a bit like, all oh, right, yeah, that was that was a very straightforward venture, wasn't it? That wasn't hard <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah, not much imagination, is there? No. Um, and in other versions, apparently well, it's King Arthur himself that kills the Avanc, and there's actually an ancient horse hoof like shape in a rock <laughs> near Snowdonia called Carnmarch Arthur. 
or Stone of Arthur's Horse, which was supposedly the print made by Arthur's mount when he hauled the Avang from the lake. But yeah, that's about as interesting a guess, really, on that one. <laughs> well, my, from the slightly mundane to the absurd, of a, 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 it's mad that, that that story, like, it's quite famous, isn't it? Well, relatively famous, but um, yeah, for, for Welsh myth, it's, it's quite straightforward, and mm. um, quite straightforward, and like in narrative. To I'll go to my second one, which is possibly the most mental part of Welsh tradition and mythology, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, the Mary Lloyd. Oh yes, I saw the Mary Lloyd so, pop up so, on the thing. I thought, I bet you Frank will go for that because I love, I love the Mary Lloyd. <laughs> it's great. So if the listeners, if the listeners don't know uh, what it looks like, I'll do my best to describe it. But do yourself a flavour and Google it. The Mary Lloyd. So the Mary Lloyd is a it's a horse's uh, skull balanced on like a wooden pole, uh, like a wooden broom handle pole. With like ribbons and bells and trinkets and ivy and holly over its head, and then it's like draped in a long white blanket, and it has like loads of people under it. So like thinking about it, it looks like a really budget, um, horrific Chinese dragon. You know that like Chinese dragons that they have. Like, yeah, like, that's a, yeah. You, you're not too far from the description. Having seen a, mm. you know several real life Mary Lloyds, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. You're not too far from the description there. They're fucking horrible. I remember seeing mine for the first time, and like, I totally couldn't believe my eyes. I was at the Estelle board, and I was eating like, a Welsh cake or some cowl, because you only love to eat Welsh things. This time. Of course, it's yeah. Hard and feathered for being a traitor. <laughs> On um, pain of death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing like this long, snaking white thing in the near distance, and it was fucking terrifying. And then, <laughs> then um, you, you notice an unrecognisable skull, because I can tell you this with nothing. A horse's skull does not look like a living, breathing horse. It's fucking vicious. It looks, it looks like a so demon, horrible. doesn't it? It's grim. Yeah, it really does. Um, and apparently the Mary Lloyd is classed as a wassailing folk custom. Uh, and wassailing means going door to door in a community and doing like a jig or a song in return for some booze or treats. It was first recorded in the 1800s, and it was performed around Christmas time by groups of men who would sometimes be dressed as characters from things like Punch and Judy. <laughs> sounds so shit. <laughs> and the, the old days just sound so fucking they had, they had to inject a bit of fucking liveliness into it, and go, oh, just stick a bloody <laughs> yeah. horse's head on something. And, go <laughs> yeah. and the idea was those under the Marylode would knock on people's doors and sing songs to request entry to people's houses. And then <laughs> the poor cunt who had just had his evening fucking disrupted was meant to deny them entry, but he had to do it in a f- song form. No, you're not allowed in. <laughs> and then they'd go back and forth like this, and they'd either get turned away completely, or the person who's at the door they just knocked could eventually relent and let these tedious knobs in, and then was expected to give them food and drink. Um, this exchange was sometimes called a punko, P W N C O. An exchange of oh. rude rhymes. Um, I think that's where um, lives there. Ashton Kutcher got his uh, TV show punked from, right? <laughs> yeah, punko? <laughs> yeah. Punk? punko? Yeah. No, called punked Ashton, right? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you been punko? It's an exchange of... How'd you been... Oh, my God. Where is Ashton Kutcher? Where's the Mary Lloyd Ashton? Come on. <laughs> Come on, Ash. Where's the Mary Lloyd Ash? Yes, all Kutcher. He... Um, yeah, so they do like some rude rhymes, which are fucking tedious enough. Um, and if it was thought, if you did actually let this maniac into your house, um, you'd be blessed with good luck all year. Um, and like I said, it happened on Christmas time, so sometimes the dead horse skull would have baubles in his eyes, which is fucking great. That sounds fucking horrendous, doesn't it? I've never seen one like that. But have you seen the ones where, um, well, they all do it, I assume, but everyone I've seen, they uh, they sort of, they make like a hinge Move for the, the horse's jaw, jaw and yeah. it fucking flatters yeah, shut. And you would not yeah. believe how loud that fucking thing is. And they'll go right up in yeah. your face with it as if it's going to like take your fucking nose off. And then you've <laughs> yeah. got to just like start. I remember in school, they were like, sing, sing, make it go away, <laughs> sing. <laughs> it's in, in the, like the end of the 1800s. Um, it was deemed as like uh, anti Christian and quite pagan. Very pagan, quite, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they turned it, they, they tried to get rid of it, and it, it like went really low in cultural reference. But then in like the last 50 years, it's come back quite a lot. But did you um, know it from a school. Nerd alert, but did you um, you played Assassin's Creed Valhalla, didn't you? Uh, yeah, the Mad Lloyd's in that, isn't it? Yeah, they do a little um, side quest with that. I was thinking, ah, oh, finally, Mary Lloyd getting some absolute you know, triple A representation. Is it called the Mary Lloyd in that? I think in that they call it the Mary Lloyd, but I was like, Oh, yeah. Close enough, I guess. Well, 
So the etymology of it is up for debate. Some say it relates to Holy Mary, so Mary. Um, mm. Others say it means grey mare, so Lloyd being grey and uh, being like mare. Um, so could be right, but also but, call the Mary Lloyd, because yeah. that's what we call it. So that's the, yeah, that's the Mary Lloyd. That's one of another. I don't know if it's mythology. Well, it's not mythology. It's more tradition. That's like more like there. sort of yeah, traditional cultural sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that fits with it being a bit of oh, definitely the, the, what makes Wales quite weird. I love Mary Lloyd. So, if yeah, if anyone you your... is ever visiting Wales at that time of year, I usually go to something like um, St Fagans or something like that and experience yeah. it. it. We cannot prepare you. It's a, it's, it's actually quite terrifying. <laughs> even for a grown man, it really is. <laughs> right over to you. What's your last one? Right, I'm. I'm. I mean, I feel I'm in danger now of being the the boring side of the coin on this episode. About your fucking <laughs> relish in this, and you, you getting all the fun. Well, ones. well make them snappy. You know, go. Oh, they're already written, them. mate. I can't bloody write them. We write them on the fly, can I? Right. <laughs> I'll try my best. So my next one is, and you'll know this one because I think most Welsh people hear it in school. Yeah. I would say of our generation. It's the uh, the story of Cantred Gwaelod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One. Um, <laughs> this is a little bit shorter because there's not, actually not too much to go on. So basically, um, for those not in the know, Cantred Gwaelod, or oh, I didn't know this before either, before I did the research, but in English it's called the Lowland Hundred. Did you know that? No. Yeah, but interesting little tidbit there. That's what it's called in English. But anyway, <laughs> Cantred Gwaelod, or the Lowland Hundred, it's a sunken kingdom said to have been in what is now Cardigan Bay in West Wales. Uh, it's often referred to as kind of like the Welsh Atlantis or something like that. And it's, you know, tons of other countries have very similar stories about sort of uh, flooding as a destructive force of nature. But this is, this is our little one. So there's several versions of this myth, but I'll just refer to the more popular one because that's the one that's sort of taught in schools and things like that. And, um, this version uh, was apparently where can by the boy of facts. Get into it. Get uh, into the exciting part of what. All right, basically, right. There's this there. big fucking bustling city. Like everyone's fucking sucking. Like you wouldn't even believe it. Yeah. You wouldn't <laughs> believe how much sucking. You wouldn't believe how much fucking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, it's fine. We can keep sucking. We can keep fucking because we've got. We're protected from the sea by a dike. No, no. The 17th century people in Wales were not homophobes. Dykes actually <laughs> big seawall. No, no, as in the people who wrote it in the wrote 17th it. century. Uh, you okay. told me to skip yeah. over the facts and then you fucking Sorry. question me on the tidbits. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Dyke is a big seawall for those not who, who are not in the know. We're not being homophobes. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and also, a dike, a dike's like a, a wall from nature, Nick, because they have offers dike going from the top of England to the bottom of Wales. They can be either, I've been thing. told, my friend. <laughs> Sorry, thought we weren't getting bogged down in the uh, the boring shit. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that's an interesting tidbit. I don't want to hear about, oh, it was actually this guy, but some people say it's this guy. Just get into the story. Come on, we want the meat of this. To paraphrase Christian Bale. Do I trash your boobachs? Don't trash my country, <laughs> Gwaelod, mate. All right. My boobards was snappy. Snap, 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 snap. That's snap, true. Snap. That's true. Right. Well, get. Let me get in my fucking groove then. I mean, I, I, can, yeah. I haven't got enough fucking story to get up into a fucking canter at yeah. the moment, but we'll, we'll see what goes. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Um. Anyway, so yeah, the dike protected them, as well as a series of sluice Can't gates. Oh. Also, I just went to a, a series of sluice gates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just brought it down again. <laughs> anyway, see Canterbury, right? They're fucking below sea level. Um, and then where do I fucking get snappy in here now? <laughs> it's below sea level, right? The second fucking is happening below sea level. It's a thrill for them. Think Mile High Club, but the opposite, right? They're living life. <laughs> So the two princes of Cantreguelod, they're the ones who are who have the honour of being in charge of these sluices, right? The sluices, or when when the sucking and fucking's done, and the country is so wet and moist, you got to open these sluices <laughs> to let the let the fucking let the runoff get, let the fucking poison let the drain, go. let the gush go, yeah. right? <laughs> 
get it out there. You're really trying to jazz this one up. Yeah, get it out there and then shut it out behind until tomorrow, right? But anyway, <laughs> one, one of the uh, princes of the land, one of the two princes who is known as Thethenin, he sounds like a kind of guy me and you, Franco, would get on with, right? He's uh, he's described as, uh, in several versions, a notorious drunkard and a carouser. And I thought, I'd, I'd, probably <laughs> yeah, get I on, I'd probably get on with this guy. <laughs> I think it'd be cool. He's also known as, in certain versions, as Sathenin, the feeble-minded. Guess who fuck, oh. fucks up <laughs> in this story? Anyway... <laughs> So yeah, he got really drunk one night. Everyone else is sucking fucking as per as is a custom in Cantrigueila. You know that's in all the versions. And he gets so drunk, if he gets open the sluices for the juices, and the whole bloody thing floods, oh. doesn't it? There we go. Everyone dead. That's it. Crowned in their oh. own fucking jism. Done. Bands. So what was it? The the waves come back. We've seen it in the news recently. Uh, there's been like a, a new map found that showed that Wales did actually look like um, it had two separate islands a bit further out. It was um, it's it actually like from um, it was like a I don't know Bronze Age like, or something like that, and, and there was actually like a little town or something on there. So it could, because of the drought recently, all the waters yeah. receded. You can actually see like remnants of like old trees and like little huts yeah. and shit like that. But they, it's called typography when it's like a maps being made, isn't it? And uh, I saw one from a Vic- like the Romans made like this map of Europe, mm. and it's fucking crazy how good it is of how much that's what Europe looks like. Because so we've got like the north top of Africa, Portugal, Spain, and like all these places from like up to like part of Russia, all across to Wales and Northern Ireland and islands and stuff. And it's mad to think how the fuck do you make a map when you don't have like a plane or like a fucking Google Maps. <laughs> you just like, fucking start walking so and going, oh, rock there, town here. Yeah. yeah. But like, they've got it all right, like, per site, like, um, dimensions, and, like, you know... It, yeah, how do you it just looks, scale? Map. Yeah, it looks to scale. Mm. But, yeah, there's a, there's a map in, like, the, the uh, 1100s or 1300s that showed Wales had this little land that we no longer have. Mm. Well, if you look on, so yeah, if you look at that, there is a map of where Cantreguilod, sort of, is supposed to be. Mm. Like I said, they've uncovered and, stuff. Look fairly recently. Well, like you meant to hear, like, um, you meant to hear the bells ring if you go near there. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I was going to say that the church bells of Cantreguelod would ring when danger was near. And apparently, if you're if you're out at sea and it's going to be rough seas, yeah. you can still hear them to this day. Ooh. Oh, booba, mm, indeed. Okay. <laughs> There's also another <laughs> version. I'm going to grab another drink. Oh, go on then. Yeah, I'll go fuck myself. People, you can't yeah. Boobass struck me. I just realised I left the fridge door open for fucking the last forty minutes. Mate, that's, that, that's the sort of move that get the boobass knocking in your door. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, the you other version your, of this. Like you're born Go, I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. joking. They're, they're really good. <laughs> the other version of this uh, tale, which is said to be the earliest version, and it's so much more boring. You think that was boring with all the second fucking? This appears in the the Black Book of Camarthen. And it apparently says that Cantreguela was flooded because there was a well maiden who used to have to make sure the well, a well, a singular well, in their little town was not like overflowing. And she just fucked it off one night. And then it just all fucking flooded. <laughs> I was like, a bit dull, isn't it? A bit if rubbish. It's a well that does that. Just get, get yeah, move. Well. Don't, don't put a fucking but, yeah. town next to it. <laughs> Plug up the well. Yeah, plug it up. Well, um, my last one is a bit more in depth. <laughs> my other two tidbits have been. Hey, listen, mate. Yeah. I don't want to hear about details. I want to be about fucking boring shit. Yeah. Okay, this is an easy breezy, <laughs> nice and easy podcast. Well, okay? my 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 other one is uh, the big one, the Welsh dragon. So I thought, you know, you can't really do Welsh mythology without addressing. You can't. What is no, our... You can't. You can't do it. You can't do it. Um, so. You know, it, we have undoubtedly the best flag in the world. It's the, yeah. uh, um, it's it's just fucking awesome, awesome. What a fucking uncool word to say. 
anyone um, uh, who thinks otherwise will, you know, pick your five hours, mates, and we'll fight you to the death. No yeah, problem. yeah, fucking, I'll bring my dragon and kick your head in. I'll take you down to but, fucking um, we, Cardigan Bay and drown you in Cantra Greylock sunshine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll make Jack tell you a boring story about history. <laughs> I think I jazzed that up a little bit. Well, semi. <laughs> I mean, good, yeah. it was quite forced. You could, yeah, you could tell you the theme me. I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> I like this, man. I like so. Um, the current flag we uh, we have was officially adopted in 1959, and it's based on some boring royal, ba- not boring, but it's based on some royal badge used by British kings and queens since Tudor times. The red dragon itself has been associated with Wales for centuries, though, and as such, the flag is claimed to be the oldest national flag still in use. Um, that doesn't really explain why we have a dragon though, slagging it about on our dirty little sex cloth. I was about to say, why I call um, flags, by the way, a sex cloth. Yeah, what's your country's sex cloth <laughs> look like? Mine's better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go banging dragon on it. Fucking, oh, I got a red cross. We'll fucking have a day off, you nerd. <laughs> yeah, oh, so symmetrical, boring. Mm-hmm. So, um, you mentioned. So, I thought you were going to mention the nation's favourite hound um, and his oh, bath. Okay. I have a. I do have a. Uh, I was going to do an honourable mention at the end to Gallet, one of oh, my yeah. all-time favourites. But I thought that's too predictable. Everyone, well, not everyone. A lot of people in Wales know yeah. Gallet. We'll, we'll we'll get so, on to that later, maybe. Yeah. Well, um, I was well, doing so. Yeah. Very quickly, there was a. Uh, oh, we'll get on to it now. To a prince. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say. Um, well, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, just quickly say it. There was a, a famous dog that protected the king's son uh, from a wolf, and then the when the king came back, the king thought the dog had actually killed or attacked his son. Yeah, Gellert, so the dog killed. was covered in blood mm. and he'd killed the wolf and then he nestled next to the sun, didn't he, to sort of keep him warm or something. To protect it. And yeah. was it Llewellyn was king meant to be in. his owner? Llewellyn yeah, or I don't think it's, I'm not sure, maybe. maybe just a Welsh king, one. maybe, a nameless yeah. Welsh king. And they, they came back and saw Gellert next to the baby covered in blood, so they killed the dog. Um, and then about a second later, I looked outside and saw this fucking battered wolf. Who you think, hang on, mate, could have seen that on the way in. So you just have a whole lot of bother. Exactly. But, um, he was heartbroken by killing his dog, who he'd loved, his really loyal, amazing hound. So there's a place in Wales called Beth Gellert, which uh, translates as Bellet's Great Gellert's Grave. Not Bellet's Grave. Bellet's Grave. Bellet's Grave. Which is, yeah, Beth Gellert. So there's pints of flying through. Obviously, no um, one, no one can see the so, camera at the moment. But um, Frank's got a nosebleed after that. He's just <laughs> <laughs> he just fell on the floor, fucking pulsating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, everyone loves Gellert. He's this fucking legend history. They've even got like statues for him today. Um, so I think he might have been an actual part of history, a real part of history. But um, where Beard Gellert is, the place there's this little old fella. So this is now back like. I think like 600 years before that. So like in the sixth or seventh century or even before mm. there was a little old fella called Vortigern. He used to rest his head in a, in where Beth, where Beth Gallet is now. He used to hang around there. Vortigern always reminds me of uh, Figo Mortensen, the guy from <laughs> Paragon. From the you just re- yeah, you just amalgamated <laughs> but, his first and last name, didn't you? Ah, Vortigern. <laughs> yeah. Vortigern. But Vortigern was a Celtic king who was um, on the hunt for a castle like some mad Channel 4 show, Vortigern's Welsh Castle <laughs> Wishlist. I'm here in Beth Gallard, and I'm on the hunt for a castle. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Jack, I don't watch Realist ATV. He fucking loves it. So, uh, <laughs> do you, How do you think <laughs> I get my fucking um, speaking points for all these tidbits of Welsh <laughs> history, mate? <laughs> um, anyway, our plucky little Vortigern finally found place to call his own on the hillside of Dinas Eminis. Um, which is a real place. Um, so when he was there, he said, brilliant. I found this brilliant hillside. I love it. This is where I'm going to... I think Emma's just coming in. There's my... Oh, no. I need a top up anyway. No, no, no. Top up time. Uh, I'm still going to sec. Oh, go on in. <laughs> Hang on, one sec. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> so yeah, as he was like, stomping around Dinas Emerys, he was like, all right, this is it. I want to call this my home. And he set up about thinking of building a castle there. And then some whiny little snot-nosed kid apparently warned Vortigern that this beautiful mountain he's found and mined to build this brand new sparkling castle was directly above an underground lake where... You'll never guess. Two great big, big bloody dragons were halfway through a long snooze. 
Jürgen. Oh, this didn't, so. this didn't bloody turn up in the uh, the mortgage application, <laughs> did it? Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called when you do one of those fucking um, surveys? <laughs> or inserts? Yeah, no insulation. Couple of dragons under your fucking floorboards. <laughs> Oh, mate, married her. Married the fucking dragon. She's moving in with me. Also, <laughs> um, this little nerd, this little swat, was none other than your favourite wizard, Merlin. Merlin, little kid, was like... Also, like, Merlin, a.k.a. in the Welsh terms, Gwidjon, my friend. Gwidjon, baby. Oh, Gwidjon, baby. Mm. Well, anyway, Gwidders was like, mate, don't. Honestly, don't. You're going to ruin it. This dragon's there. Don't fuck yourself, but, um, Yeah, Vorty was having none of it. And he um, he sent his men down to keep digging in his mine to build um, this castle. And lo and behold, when the men got down there, um, they found two dragons: one red and one white. Oh, and these if dozy only buggers, the fucking housing um, report had said that. <laughs> yeah. Well, these two dozy buggers woke up and they went at it like properly went to town. Uh, it was a real battle for the ages. It was a fierce fight that clashed and lit up the sky and was a bloody good spectacle by all accounts, which there are very few accounts of. So the two dragons went at it for ages. They started like attacking each other on top of this uh, hill as the king watched on. And the king kind of watched on, was praising one of them. And it was the red dragon that slayed the white dragon. And because he got woken up by Vortigan, he kind of flew down and kneeled down next to Vortigan. And then Vortigan became kind of his master. So analysis has been divided on this, but some think the red dragon represented Vortigan's people. And he used this story to sort of cement his rightful place on this hill and as king of parts of Wales who was ruling. Ah, you know, I've heard something uh, similar about um, something to do with King Arthur that a white versus hey, a red well, dragon. Yeah. Hold on to your ass, mate. <laughs> That's um, crazy. So, <laughs> whilst others interpret it, and so, 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 yeah, some interpret it as just like Wolfgun using it as a, a way to kind of sound to, hey, listen, this dragon is like my pet because um, he knows I'm the rightful ruler of this area. While others interpret it as a prophecy of the coming of King Arthur, whose papa was called Uther Pendragon. Uh-huh. And Pendragon translates as dragon's head. I see, um, I see. So, yeah, they used to think this is his coming. But also, another interesting tidbit about this. Um, even though it's clearly a mythical story, they did an excavation of D- Dinas Emrys in 1945, and it showed evidence of a lake and a fortress dating back to King Vortigan's time, which is pretty cool. Well, well, well. Um, and, and throughout history, the Welsh dragon's been a symbol of many of our heroes' crests, but it eventually faded in popularity. Like as we know, it's like visibly missable, it missed and non-represented on the Union Jack, which was designed in 1606. So yeah, boo hiss. English dragon, we're not there. However, weirdly, in 1959, Queen Elizabeth stated that only the red dragon on a green and white flag should be flown on government buildings in Wales. So fair play to your broad. I mean, yeah. She helped us rekindle our love for that scaly fuck, which is rather suitable because lots of people call her a lizard. (laughs) That was good. That was a good little joquette (laughs) there. I like that. Yeah, so that's, that's the history of the dragon. That was good, mate. I like that. I didn't even know that one. I knew I knew a story about a white and a red dragon, but I think that was like an Ethereum sort of thing. And it was, yeah, no, I don't yeah, know. So they've, um, they've, they've, they've rumoured, so that dragon has, Wales has been associated with dragons since uh, when the Romans were here. And when the Romans left in like 300 BC, um, loads of Welsh kings started to adopt the dragon as their banner, as mm. a sign of trying to, uh, show ownership of the land. Even with the Romans, was always seeped in like mythology because the people were painted and weird and wacky, and we, you know, pagans and Celts and stuff. Yeah. So when the Romans left, it was a good thing to kind of uh, cement an identity in a quite identityless, undefined identity land. Yeah, it makes me annoyed. Um, the Welsh were so shit at writing things down because, like, you know me, I'm a big mythology nerd. Yeah. Read all the stuff about the Greeks and like well, whatever what little there is about the Norse and stuff like that. But there's even less about like actual Welsh, like what the yeah. gods we used to sort of worship and things like that back in the day in Celtic yeah. times. I mean, why would they write shit down back then? But they got but, yeah. We we don't know any really the gods they did. They we know like some of the stories. This thing's them, like but yeah, very few. Clear and Rhiannon and all that sort of stuff. But you don't even know what like the gods they were of you know like what what did they represent it's just yeah. there's just names sort of jotted down on fucking beer mats from the ages yeah, yeah a little scrap bit of thingy a little boobach written down here <laughs> a little boobach but he could be he could be fucking having a laugh with me mate because i had another drink that night so 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think they're all I think they're all decent. We we chose six unique stories which I don't think uh are massively represented anywhere else. No. Uh the Boobach is hands down my favourite piece of this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The Marigold and the Cantor Greylord are, are both quite well known stories, aren't they? But they're still fun to read a bit more into. Yeah, I don't know why um, the brand one one sort of appeals to me so much. I think it's just um Oh, I love it. I love that one. I as like well. that it's, it's like sort of more. It's not just about whales, you know. It's like sort of um, UK mm. spanning. I love yeah. how um, in it. Well, it's an actual story in this. Yeah, I love how in it the um, everyone's names doesn't matter if they're fucking Irish. It's like Matholoch, you know. <laughs> it's like this, yeah. not an Irish name. <laughs> um, and yeah, and also Bran is like, oh yeah, my name's Ben de Gade Bran. Who are you? I'm, I'm king of the British Isles, Ooh. actually. Yeah. Yeah, and Big Boy Brett. Big Boy Brett. Well, do you want to call that the end of it? I mean, we've had a lot. This has been a long-winded. Uh, it's been a long one, this, but, you know. <laughs> very rambly. Content is content at the yeah. end of the day, and it throw enough shit well, at the wall, <laughs> and we'll get something. It's, it's ran for 120 minutes, so I'm Jesus. sure there'll be a lot of editing. Yeah. yeah, oh, God. But we've been up and down, and we fucking answered our pants tonight with the fucking Harry Krishnas, and you kick it off with your bottle of beer. Oh, you have a lot of interruptions, Ooh, no. but those still had the comedy, I hope. Oh yeah, they had. Yeah, they do. They, they, were, they were good. Yeah, you're, you're welcome, audience. Say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get in touch, uh, contact us at Tales for Wales on Twitter. The yeah, number four DM for anything you can't forget that. Here's yeah, the number four. Let us know if you want what you want us to cover next. Um, we I think that's pretty much it. We we yeah, we I mean, have. Let us know what you want us to cover. I mean, we we'll, we all take it on advisement. We might say no fucking way. You know, start your own podcast if you want yeah, to fucking yeah. talk about that shit. If you want to fucking do something, if you want to fucking do yourself. Want to about something, we don't care. You, do it yourself, mate. We're doing it ourselves. You heard the phrase? It's shit. It's really hard. You heard the phrase? <laughs> if you don't, if you don't like it, do it yourself. I mean, that's not the exact phrase. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. I've had a drink, but Here's the phrase: if you don't like it, build your own podcast. Yeah, do it yourself. <laughs> it's a modern one. No, you probably didn't. Not you're not be, cool enough. I've decided I'm not going to be aggressive anymore to this part. I'm, I'm oh no, in. I like I'm it. I think it's like our thing, isn't it? Yeah. I tell you what, yeah. hit us up. Tales for Wales, the number four. Do you like our little aggressive sign offs? If you do, <laughs> if you don't, fuck off. <laughs> I was going to say, if you do, great, if you don't, fuck off. <laughs> that one wrote itself. <laughs> Predictable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's call that ahead. Uh, Cheers, uh, lads and ladies. Love, love you all. Ta da ta. Bye 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 bye. Thanks for your moment.